the pleasure you get from uh, roller skating is being tuned in. You're turned on to your own nervous system. You're turned on to uh, your own body. You're turned on to the incredible wisdom which lies inside every cell in your body. It's the ecstasy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drop In Podcast. I am here today with my good friend Sugu. And I am chatting with Sam. We are online chatting. We are online chatting. I am coming to you from Baribi country. And Sugu is... In Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. Yeah, thank you for listening to us again. And as usual, if you can like and subscribe to Drop In Podcast on Spotify, it helps us out a lot. Or wherever you get your podcasts, doesn't have to be Spotify. Um, I have seen us coming up in quite a lot of people's end of year wraps, though, which is very cute. I know. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all for listening. It's always so nice to know that we're not just talking to ourselves here. Um, So, yeah, thank you so much for supporting the podcast this year. This is our last episode of the year, sadly, but, um, you know, we'll be back next year. So don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's been been a big year. Oh, my God, it has been a year. Yeah, I feel like I've lived a million lives this year. Totally, totally. It's this time of year where we're starting to see a lot of end of year awards in roller skating, um, which is still pretty new. I know we had some last year, but um, I think we're starting to see more, which is really nice that there's all these opportunities for people to get recognised for their hard work and um, for their talents. Um, So our guest today, Keeks on Wheels, uh, won the most valuable award from the Fuse Studio, which was an award about recognising community value in roller skating in Australia and New Zealand, which I think is a, a really mm-hmm. cool idea. And yeah, yep. Keeks won. Shout out Keeks. Shout out Keeks. Shout out the Fuse Studio for the work they do for the community. Yeah, for sure. It was a really cool idea um, from the Fuse because There is already a Roller Skater of the Year award that Skate Phantom does, which is really awesome, um, which has grown this year as well. But I think the few wanted to do something a little bit different and look at a most valuable as um, across a lot of different categories. And I think um, Keeks won that one, not just for being an amazing skater, but for all the, the work they do behind the scenes in skating. So, yeah, yeah. very cool to see. And I think, yeah, the awards are really kind of a fun way to end the year. Yeah, and Skate Phantom is having like a few different awards this year too. I'm not, I don't know if I can't remember, but it wasn't the same last year, was it? No, I think last year was just Roller Skater of the Year. Yeah, yeah. So we have a little bit of chuffed chuffed presence in it. Sam's happily nodding. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice. I love it when I always love it when our team get recognized. Obviously, we think they're amazing, but it's good to know that other people yeah. think they're amazing too. Um, so if you haven't voted yet, make sure you do. You can vote for Rib in the up and comer category. Um, both Mud and Lana. And the Amigos Wheel video is up for Edit of the Year, so you can vote in that category. Yeah. Um, Skater of the Year, there's so many people in the first round for that. But there's we have so many people. Cap- there were so Carolina. many parts this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carolina, who's had an epic year, is up for Skater of the Year. So is Salma. Um, and I think that's everyone from our actual team that's in there. Yeah. And then there's the product one. We have the concrete skate, the collab we did with Helen Quads. I'm loving to see out there. The amount of work that has gone into making that project a reality has been huge this year. It has not been easy logistically. And it's so nice to finally see that skate on so many feet in Latin America. Um, thank you so much to Carolina and Moon and Sugu 
who have been big parts of that project coming to life because it's it's been challenging but it's been so well I can't thank yes I've been involved too but I'm thanking I'll I'll thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you Sugu um but yeah it's so cool to see it out there on people's feet so if you feel like voting for that as product of the year we would be super grateful because it's one of the best projects I've ever been involved in I think seeing um Carolina and Moon doing Helen Quads for probably nearly 10 years now uh, have been dreaming of, of making a skate for the Latin American market that's affordable and accessible and being part of bringing that to life has been so amazing and um, it's really just getting started. There's still so many more countries that we want to get the skate to, but every country has its own kind of set of hurdles. barriers and hurdles. So we're still working on it, uh, but it's it's starting and it's doing really well and we're so happy. Yeah. And not to mention it's an amazing skate. I love those skates. So um and it's yeah, sexy really looking <laughs> like no <Noah. Yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely very, very nice looking roller skate. Yeah, that's definitely been one of the it's definitely been one of the ups of this year. I feel like We've had a bit of ups and downs this year, though. Oh, my God. We still have. Roller think, coaster. Yeah. yeah. Not, and not just for us. I think the industry as a whole is, like, really feeling it. Uh, in a lot of places in the yeah. world, the economy is just, like, so bad, you know. Everything's so expensive. So there's just not as much disposable income people have to spend on roller skating and skating products yeah. at the moment which is so understandable but obviously as a result of that um, the industry is suffering we saw very sadly wild bones close its doors recently which i was really sad to see yeah. i mean wild bones has been around for as long as i've been a park skater and so it's always sad when when a business isn't going to be in the industry anymore um and there's been a lot of people across lots of different brands who are no longer working in their roles in roller skating so I know a lot of brands are hurting and and with us like sadly Sugu is no longer working with us in the same capacity we'll still be doing a few little jobs with us here and there but has had to go go on to another role just purely because you know skating and and the resources that we have to run the brand aren't the same as they were in the last couple of years so yeah sad days support support skater on brands everyone (laughs) it's really important right now the board this is it's not just for roller skating too i know that even skateboarding which is a million times bigger is suffering too i know that inline is suffering so yeah if you're a core roller skater and want to support core roller skating brands your research (laughs) you know like Um, i get it because everyone's hurting at the moment so it's not like we're saying like you know go and spend all your money on roller skating because i know it's not a viable thing and um the industry does this there'll be dips and you know it'll grow again and we adjust and pivot but you do have as a consumer you do have some power over the future of the industry so do think about that when you are making your decisions and hopefully we see most of the brands that are here now thriving in the future and a really healthy industry but yeah, to be real, like it's been a really hard year and it's it's um, still like we're not through it yet. Uh, and huge shout out to Sigu for all the amazing work that she's done with Chuff because it just would not be anywhere, anywhere like where it is now without her. So, yeah, she'll still be on this podcast and um, you'll still see her around. But, yeah, yeah. these are the, the hard truths, unfortunately. <laughs> It's been fun. It's been a fun time, though. We've done also a lot of fun things this year. We have. We have. It is. It's always like that. There's the highs and the lows, and yeah. the highs are always good and make it worth yeah. it for sure. 
But on to happier news. We are going to chat with Keeks, who is the winner of the Most Valuable Award and is always a great person to chat with, always has plenty to say. The big mouth of the South. Self-professed, loves loves to say that about herself as well. (laughs) That's right. Let's give her a call. Hey, Keeks, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're here with Sugu as well. Good. I'm a bit hungover. Oh. Are you? Oh. <laughs> I finished work. I finished work at two and then didn't sleep till five, so I'm work hungover. <laughs> oh, oh my God. that's not the fun kind of hungover. Not at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> well, I already know Keeks as does Sugu, but our listeners probably don't. So would you like to introduce yourself with your name, your pronouns, or any sponsors, businesses, that kind of thing? Sure. Uh, my name's Keeks. My pronouns are she, they. Uh, sponsors, I have Better Bearings and I work for Rantfest Indoor Skate Park and my brand is Big Mood. Yay. That's about it. I was just going to add to Kix's list of introduction, and you won this year's Most Valuable Roller Skater Award. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, it was good to feel a little little recognition um which is always nice not it feel always feels a bit like impostery but then you're like no it's good i deserve this thing (laughs) and um how about how you got into roller skating um i think our listeners would love to hear that story um yeah how i got into roller skating i sort of skated a little bit as a kid on blades um, I just go to like the rink every Friday and Saturday night. My parents loved it cause they would just drop me off and I'd be there for five hours of the night time and then they'd pick me up. Um, but yeah, I sort of took a very, very big, um, and yeah, I went through quite a few things in life. So like a marriage breakdown and all that fun stuff, a few mental health issues. And then actually was one of the people that saw Estro on Instagram and went, that's really cool. I want to be cool like that. And then I was like, I'm going to get roller skates. And then I went back to my local um, childhood rink during the day because I was a single mom and little boy was at childcare. And yeah, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try um, roller skating because I'd never, I'd always wanted to do it, but was never able to do it as a child. Um, But I had just had a horse riding injury and surgery and thought in, in my, in my ankle bone, actually. So I thought let's, take up the next best thing for my ankle roller skating seems like a really great choice um but yeah couldn't actually inline anymore because I couldn't inverse my feet so I tried roller skates loved it the lady at the rink was like what size are you I've had this lady bring in these red roller skates that we can't use in the rink because they're red and I was like don't worry about what size I am I'll make them work and I did so I took these little shore grip red skates and skated around my local country town and I thought I was just the coolest thing ever and it all kind of started from there I still think I'm really cool so. <laughs> that's kind of where the journey started <laughs> what year was that well I'm 32 now and it was when I just turned 26 I believe yeah awesome. around then and I want to know what country town has a roller skating rink because they're not that common I'm- anymore no, it wasn't in the country town. So I was living in Lang Lang, which is like southeast Gippsland, Victoria. Um, but I'm originally from Frankston. For those who are from Victoria, I know Frankston very well. Um, and there was a rink there in Frankston. So it's one of the ones that's kind of still survived for a, a relatively long time. Um, but yeah, it was in Frankston. Oh, cool. What's the rink called? Give him a, a shout out. Yeah. Oh, it was, uh, well, they're called Skate House now. They used to be called Skate World, but yeah, Skate House. Oh, so thanks, Skate House in Frankston, for giving us a kicks on wheels. <laughs> um, and that's pretty cool. I have to go back to the horse riding. Um, tell us about your yes. illustrious <laughs> horse riding career. Yes, I was very much a horse girl. <laughs> um, grew up horse mad as a kid, as many young girls did um and used to go horse riding every weekend i then used to volunteer at a riding ranch called willow lodge in somerville victoria 
um, which is now closed down, unfortunately. And yeah, that was also um, kind of something that my parents had gone through a divorce when I was like 10. And so that was like an escape from everything that was going on. I would go there on the weekends, stay there from Friday night till Sunday. We'd have sleepovers and go barebacking on the horses at nighttime. It was a hoot. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of like adopted a horse from there and then I bought one and then I got out of them for a very long time and then I got back into them. And then up until like just before I started roller skating, I had seven horses. So it was a lot of work. <laughs> is like the horse girl culture, is this, because I, in Spain, this is just not a thing, you know? <laughs> I only found out about horse girls in Australia. Oh, is this really? a thing in the US too? Like, oh my goodness. Okay, I think it is a thing in the US as well because they've got quite like a ranch type culture. I think it's also a thing in the UK. In the UK, as far as I know, it probably comes from our colonial history because it's like a very fancy you know, equestrian club, little girls with their outfits, riding ponies and stuff. <laughs> so I think we have it here. But here, I don't know if it's quite so um, established as it is in the UK, but it's definitely, it is part of, yeah. It's, it is big. It's very much like, it's very similar to roller skating. So there's like the dance skaters and then there's like the park skaters. So I started off as like a park horse rider because I would go trail riding and have like big Western saddles, like a cowboy and cowboy boots and all that stuff. Um, and then there's like the English side, which everyone loves because they, I think the saddle club did a huge thing for the horse girls of the world. What is the saddle club? Inter what is the saddle club? Do you not know what the saddle I apologise for all the horse girls listening. <laughs> Died down. It's a TV show. But yeah, they had a huge part of it. And then all the, it was deeply ingrained within Barbie as well. Barbie always had like horse stuff and adventures and stuff. And yeah, that's kind of where it came from. So did you do those things where you like jump fences with horses and stuff? Um, When I was... When I was trail riding, I would jump like logs and stuff like that had fallen down on the track. But when I when I got into it again as an like an older adult, um, I then started doing what's called English riding, which is like with the jodhpurs and the tall black boots. And that's more like I did dressage, which is kind of like where you go into an arena before three judges or one judge and you ride a written test with a bunch of manoeuvres and then they score you on it. So I never, as I got older, I preferred to keep all four feet on the ground. So it was just looking fancy more than anything. But it was good because it would like give you a goal of cool and everyone had, you had to be graded. So everyone had a level and you'd be given like a specific test for every rider in that level. So it was cool. You'd like when you would ride and train every day, you would train the test and then you would go and perform the test. My aren't subcultures just so fascinating and strange we're in we're in this little roller skating one but oh my god there's so many in the world and it always blows my mind to think about like what people do to pass their time um is there a lot of is there a lot of crossover like you were just kind of talking about like competition and um I guess the adrenaline of like jumping logs and stuff do you feel there's a bit of crossover between your horse past and your roller skating present kind of I suppose like the element of adrenaline um and being it's interesting because I was very fearless when I was a horse rider um and then I came into roller skating and I think because you have to be it's a different mindset like with roller skating you kind of have to be in your body at all times because you've got wheels strapped to your feet whereas when you're riding you do have to be in your body but you're also reliant on the partnership between you in your horse and I think I just thought of this made the connection now I think that's why I found such support in community like community meant a lot for me because I had to have the partnership between support of community or support of my horse to get through so that's I suppose that's like the crossover that I can think of that's how I feel a little bit about competitions in roller skating like I cut because I, I come from derby and I just simply cannot conceive competing without a team. You know, I'm like, I don't want to do it by myself. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's definitely like um, 
yeah. I've competed in other sports as well. So it's interesting to see like the, and I've, I'm always trying to think of ways that we can incorporate how other sports work with competition into roller skating. But the only thing mm-hmm. I can really ever think of is like figure skating because it involves an artistic and like there is, but the difference is that there has, there's like a standardized set mm-hmm. of tricks and how you perform them and the difficult, I think, but then when I have these conversations with people like, oh, but you're taking away the art form and it's still, I'm like, well, it works for the Olympic committee. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of like, you've got to have like standardized ways that the tricks are performed and then you judge them on skill and execution and creative flow. And I think that's the kind of the way that we're going down. But there is a few people that go, oh, it takes the fun out of it. I'm like, well, do we have to compete against each other? Can't we all bake a cake and be happy? <laughs> Can't we just drink beers at the skate park? That's what I like. <laughs> yeah I guess I totally hear you because it is a bit like that it's like well we we do want well some people want competition but maybe not such a rigid form of competition and then it's like well do we really want competition and then we go in this little circle Never kind ending of circle. trying to figure that out yeah 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 do you see your place in mm-hmm. um I guess that competitive future of roller skating like, do you see yourself ever competing or do you see yourself more behind the scenes in making it happen and, and maybe being involved in that um, background stuff? I would compete if it was like a free flow jam style. Um, but the way that my life currently works is because I am so involved behind the scenes. I don't really have the time to dedicate to skating, both time-wise and like the toll that it takes on my body at the moment. So when I skate, it's really just to like, it's like my meditation. So I don't really have that time in that aspect. Um, but yeah, definitely behind the scenes is where I'm kind of looking at, like I've started fleshing out a plan, skater management, team management that I can make a model for, for like companies that are already sponsoring skaters, because it's huge within skateboarding and BMXing. And I've been lucky that I've been working within the BMX industry and the skate industry on and off for like the past 15 years. So that's kind of like where my my head is going towards as well as setting up competitions and events through skating. So I'm really into that whole aspect of it, the behind the scenes of it. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, Keeks does the Rampapalooza event, which happens annually in Melbourne, as well as some other community events and lessons and meetups and probably more things that I can give you credit for because you do a lot um but yeah there is there is definitely uh a lot that that Keeks contributes outside of skating itself and on top of that Keeks you are a mum you are studying and you are working how enlighten us do you sleep I kind of just like fact my way through life and it kind of just happens everyone I always get this question like how do you balance it like how do you do self-care and my partner will attest to I sometimes I don't (laughs) but I think what's really been um helpful and having I'm very thankful that I have Mm -hmm. a very supportive partner um is coming to the understanding that it's okay to not be okay so and to like lean on people and lean on your family and so I kind of do a lot of that I do a lot of sleeping during the day um hence why my skating kind of that my my actual skating has to kind of come second hand but um yeah I suppose sleep is the biggest thing for me sleep and rest and I love sitting and doing a scroll that's why I'm notoriously online because when I'm in my bed I'm just scrolling (laughs) (laughs) do you find the scrolling like relaxing more than stressful because for me sometimes I find scrolling to be stressful but is it relaxing for you yeah um Well, I kind of have to like, it's interesting how I really think about how online I am, whether it's for work or for scrolling. So I generally have like at least eight to nine hours online per day, generally. Um, So whether that's checking emails, whatever, but if I'm like scrolling, um, it's specifically away from Instagram and the way that I've created, that's why I love TikTok. The way that I've um, curated my TikTok is that I actually don't have any roller skating content on TikTok. The TikTok's like my skate. So when I get, and I, that was a big thing for me um, during COVID and then after COVID, because I think we can all attest to, especially the kind of skaters that we are in general, after COVID, when skating took off, it was so exciting, but I was kind of like, oh my God, everyone thinks roller skating's gymnastics now, we've all got to do backflips, okay, cool. So I had to really kind of be like, 
Ooh, that's the thing that I love. Now everyone's doing it really well. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go over here and just stay away from roller skating for a while. So that was a huge help and escape for sure. <laughs> but I loved it. It was great. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. ooh. And then that's when I started going to the skate park. And everyone's like, can you do a backflip like the girls on TikTok? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I look like I can backflip. Can you backflip? <laughs> That's a good point, actually. And I don't think I've really thought about it like that. But I do think I had a, a healthier relationship with Instagram and roller skating pre-COVID for sure. Because I used to post like when I was learning um, kind of how I got to know so many people in roller skating was I would like post my progress videos. And you know how we all used to be like, Backstall today, nailed it. That was awesome. Here's my self-filmed video. Enjoy. It goes for four minutes. Also, it was like I finally landed a backside after a year trying, you know? Exactly. Like next minute there's like roller skaters like, I unlocked 10 tricks this session. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. All right. And that's so funny. It's still me every time I go to a sesh now and people will be like me with like my tiny bag of like five to ten tricks. And everyone's like, what are you working on? I'm like, not crying. <laughs> yes, it's actually quite rare that we have, um, you know, a podcast guest that has lived through that. And I haven't actually thought about it for a while because a lot of our guests are from, you know, the time where they came the to new school skating through, through TikTok or through COVID and just slayed immediately. Yeah. So, um, yes, thanks for the relatable content. I definitely <laughs> feel that. And um, as well, I think it's cool to think about the fact that you have this relationship with social media that doesn't involve roller skating because I certainly wish I did and do not. I, I don't know how to curate that for myself because I, I struggle with like I can't unfollow anyone because like I love them but I maybe I need to maybe I need to the best thing to do is to go through your Instagram and just unfollow yeah. there's a little thing that comes up that says like accounts that you don't interact with often and I'm like boop, 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 unfollow. <laughs> But a lot of the times, if they've got like a roller skating photo, I'm like, well, I can't unfollow you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What I was, what I was getting at is, that you're also a creative and a, an artistic person, an amazing photographer. So I imagine you, you have these things for inspiration and for you know other reasons than just skating and finding you know new tricks to learn. Yeah, I think. Yeah. The way that like roller skating kind of works for me on Instagram, obviously, yes, the photography, which I've kind of taken a bit of a backseat on maybe in the last couple of months. But in terms of like roller skating, as I, I say this all the time, but I do like to keep my finger on the pulse as to like who's trending, who's doing what. Because obviously with Rapid Palooza and more events that I'm trying to facilitate in the future, it's nice to know who the general community are interested in so that we can potentially get them on board for future events. Um but also just like I think um, as you were kind of touching on as well, like with the newer skaters and, and all that, like as someone who has been in it for a little while, you, you know, like I started skating with people that were very advanced than what I was. And so a lot of people say, well, I could have never have done that because that's really intimidating. And I've always said that like, first of all, these are just people and they can just be your friends and they now are my friends still. Um, but like it's the thing that I love about Instagram is that it's like roller skating. Anyone can post on there. You can post any kind of content. And the way that I kind of look at it is it's always really like um, incredibly important to support the people that are pushing the sport that want to compete and have the sponsorships and do all that. But then it's just as if not more important to support the newbies and the underdogs and the other people because within that crowd you could find the next Tia, the next Spicy Ivy, the next, you know, the next Spicy Ivy could be a nine-year-old girl who walks past the skate park and goes, oh, that looks cool. So I feel like we are very lucky that we have this expanding growth of roller skating because when I started, it sort of did seem a little clicky and all of my friends were kind of covered in tattoos and we looked a bit, you know, we all, everyone thought we were roller derby girls. They were like, you play roller derby because you're covered in tattoos and you got big thighs and all that and now there's so many different people doing it and doing different things so it's more inviting 
for more people, which is really exciting, I feel, as a business and as someone who advocates for roller skating in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a bit of a tangent there. But, yeah, that's kind of like the encapsulated thing of Instagram and the greater community. So on, yeah, on that topic of community, I think heaps of people voted for you for the most valuable skater because of your work with the community and um, for all the stuff that you do behind the scenes. Um, so congrats for that. I do want to say that your your campaign on the campaign trail of winning Most Valuable Skater was so impressive. Like I just, like that video of like, here are all my friends from around the world telling me that I'm great. That was amazing, by the way. Oh my God. I posted that on my Instagram because I like, I did it. It was kind of an idea that I had to sort of flesh together within the, 90 seconds that you get which I don't, sounds like a long time it's really not um and then I had all these videos that I really annoyed people to get I was like can you please just send a little and so I did that um but I was like I couldn't figure a way to spot splice them into my video so I submitted my video and then as a joke I'm like I'll just send it anyway and there's a little note I was like here's some extra stuff that I had that didn't work but it's cute because these people really <laughs> to get this video to me wink, not wink. thinking that it was going to be <laughs> played because it's like three minutes long oh i mean i hated it i hate the attention no but it, it was nice so, it was you know obviously you're very well connected in the community and i think um that is because of a lot of the work that you do and you are very genuinely you know in love with roller skating um so what drives you i guess to do all this stuff and and um to organize all these things a lot of us well, I'm not really one of them because I'm one of the ones like you who do organize things. But a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to do this thing one day. But then, you know, how do they find the time or how do they actually do it? But um, you do it. So, you know, what drives you? I think it really stemmed from, as I said, when I started skating, like I was skating with people that were doing amazing things in roller skating in general. And I sort of saw and admired the hard work and dedication that they put into that. And I was like, I really love that. I never want to do that. (laughs) Like I don't have the time, the fitness, the drive, the athleticism. So I really valued that. And um, that's where I was kind of like, well, how can I contribute in a way that makes their life easier, but also spreads it so that more people do it. And then we started doing a few things with CIB Melbourne, RIP, um, and like started bringing more people in and doing workshops. And um, yeah, it was kind of a way that I was like, oh, well, this kind of makes it known that there's a spot for anyone. And so that's what kind of drives me is it's like, and I always have people now who are like, oh, you know, I started roller skating with my friends and, and they've all just like progressed really quickly and I'm not. So I just stopped. And that like breaks my heart because I'm always like, you got to find the reason that you're doing it. And I'm, some people go into it now. It's, I saw this happen in skateboarding um, many years ago is that people will go into it now and be like, oh, I'm doing it because I want to get a sponsorship. And I'm like, that's great. But it's interesting that it's so different. Like mine is just because I love it. Like it's a release. It looks cool. There's an element of creativity, whether it's your skating or your style or whatever it might be. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what drives me is that anyone can be involved, whether you're the best skater or maybe you're not, or everyone has something to contribute. And that's kind of what my inspiration was, I guess. Um, Do you have, you know, just maybe a couple of tips for anyone who does want to create something. I know it's like there's so much work involved, obviously, but, you know, any just brief tips that you could give? I think one of the main things that I kind of saw, and I think once again that you could probably attest to, is you've got to figure out why you're doing it. Are you doing it because you want more people to skate with? Are you doing it because you want to raise awareness for something? Find out what that is and let that drive you so that, if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to, it's still a win and it always has to be a win. An example of that is like roller skating kind of goes like this. So heaps of people come in and then they lose interest and then they, and you know, life happens and it changes and then it dips. And then you, like some of your friends that you thought were your best mate skating have now moved on. And then it dips and then like new people come in and they go, oh my God, roller skating's the best. And if you stay on the journey, you're like, oh, it's happening again. Um, but yeah, so like in saying that, I've often held events or meetups and sometimes 50 people come and then sometimes two people come and some people will see that two people and be like oh well that was stupid 
I feel stupid now. I made this poster. No one came. And they take it very personally, which is very easy to do. But I think you just have to remember that the two people that did came, come or they do come, they had the, probably had the best time. They were happy to skate with other people. And then those two people will tell their friends and be like, oh, my God, next time this person runs this thing, let's go along. And that's kind of how it grows. And I think if you've got the thing of, well, all I wanted to do was skate with other people, whether it was 50 or two, that's still a win, even if, because a lot of people will do that. Oh, well, I, won't, I won't bother again because it didn't work. It, I feel silly. So you just kind of got to be willing to trust yourself and back yourself. Good I think. point. And I just want to say, I've said this to so many people in person, but Rambavalooza is my favourite roller skating event that I've ever been to. I think it's amazing that you incorporate music, you have something for all the different levels. It's really fun. Um, it just has such a an awesome vibe. And I think knowing you as a person, it really um, comes from who you are. You know, you love music as well. You love horses and cowboys I've learned now and it's you know that's in that's in it's in the theme you know and so um yeah I guess like somehow taking your own essence and putting it into that event has worked really well for you and maybe that can work for other people as well you know like everyone has um their own personality and if you can manage somehow to incorporate that into your roller skating events and persona um works for you might work for other people it's definitely possible it's all it's also a really easy and fun way to start doing events that's how i kind of started like we did fitzy fruit bowl if you remember i just thought like what it's called fitzy bowl what's a fun name a fruit bowl and i was like everyone dress up like a fruit so that was fun we've done like a a corporate business meeting one where everyone dresses like they've been to a business meeting We've done everyone wear pink, everyone wear red. So like, that's like a really easy way to kind of, if you're the kind of person that doesn't kind of want any focus on like yourself is to like, make it like, well, here, we're all gonna dress in blue today or we'll primary colors. And it's like really fun and people kind of get involved and it takes it away from their, like their skill set with skating. They're like, oh, but I made this really cool outfit and I'm just here for the vibe. And that's kind of how it's easier to spread the stake. <laughs> What is the best thing that you take out of roller skating kicks? Um, I think maybe just like the connections that you make within skating. Like um, I think it's wild that I can probably name more countries than I have fingers of people where I have, mm -hmm. like I have people in different countries that I know whether online or I've met them in real life. And now, like, I think that's been great. Like the world, wide community is always like you know come hang out in berlin come crash on my couch or come over to barcelona or yeah. come to long beach or so that's really cool i think and there's not a lot of communities that have that i think which is really cool i think that's the blessing of us being so chronically online um and then yeah also the creativity within it so you can like dress fun that's my favorite <laughs> thing to do at st kilda on a hot, hot day i just like dress really cool and play my music really loud and little people normies that don't roller skate walk past and go oh that's cool and i'm like you want to learn how to do it i got five pairs of skates in the car <laughs> yeah i do love a saint kilda session with you that is always so fun and a shout out to you as well because i'm always the one who shows up and is like who bought a speaker and kicks me like, <laughs> I bought the speaker Always. and I have the great place. Even when I travel <laughs> now, I, when I come up to New South Wales quite often, a couple of times a year now, and everyone's like, can you get your speaker kicks? I'm like, I'm not going to bring it on the plane. <laughs> I'm going to bring it. Where's the kicks in New South Wales? Who is it? Who's got the speaker? <laughs> but then I'm, I'm, very, I'm very quick to hijack the speaker also. Like I did that at your factory recently. Like, can I hook up? <laughs> All right, well, you've done the best thing about roller skating. We better, you know, keep keep the the people on their toes. What's the worst thing about roller skating? Thing? Uh, I don't know if I would say it's the worst thing, but I think when people... The whinging. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the biggest whinger also. Like, you are. That's okay. <laughs> They don't call me the mouth of the south for nothing. Um, but yeah, no, like I think, 
I mean, it's like anything. It doesn't have, you can say this about any sport or anyone that has any kind of platform anywhere is like when people expect or hold people to a certain standard that it's their standard. And then when that person doesn't do that, then it's kind of like, why aren't you doing this? Or why aren't you doing that? And it's like, well, you just need to respect people. And sometimes roller skating is just that for people. It's just an escape. And when you start trying to tell people how they should do it or how they should run things, it kind of sucks the fun out of it sometimes. And for me, if you're not having fun, then what's the point of, of doing so you're going to be our last guest this year. Um, so we thought we'd do a bit of reflection on this past year. Um, mm -hmm. What are you... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Words. <laughs> Words. Still a bit hungover. <laughs> I'm like, my coffee is... <laughs> hasn't kicked in yet. Um so what has been your biggest achievement this year? Um, my biggest achievement was probably going to uni. Like I always thought I was always great at school, like as a young kid up until about year eight. And then I found boys and was like, school, who needs school? But yeah, after that, I kind of just went straight into the workforce and then had a baby at 24 and had a marriage breakdown and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I was kind of like, oh, well, I could never go to uni because so expensive and I don't have the time and I have a kid and so luckily with the support of my family and my amazing partner I was able to to do that and that was a huge accomplishment to be like oh wow I actually can do it and did it and graduated with high distinction so that was probably my um that I was chronically online for that because I was like everyone bully me into studying <laughs> so I'm stuck on Instagram <laughs> but yeah so that was like a that's probably my highlight and then of course always Rampapalooza um it was only the second year that we've done it, um, but we kind of learnt from some of the mistakes that we made last year. Um, and I thought this year was great. We kind of changed the model a little bit and having being able to host our international coach, uh, Carolina, shout out, um, for a whole month I hosted her. So that was kind of really fun and cool. So, I yeah, I guess I'm guessing your next question will be what is for next year and it would be to improve on that even more. <laughs> Well, don't, don't spoil my question. You're going to have to expand on that because I'm going to ask the question. I was so stoked to see you win this most valuable award because it's those things that people don't really know about, I guess. Like, you know, you put out this coach and that's really awesome, but you did also, you know, show her around the country for a whole month and just showed such awesome hospitality. And, um, yeah, you're just a good egg all around, really, aren't you, Keith? So. <laughs> oh, thanks. I think it's the, the, it's the logistics of it all. I call myself yeah. logistics bitch. So that I, that's <laughs> my little hat I put on when I'm like, I better sort it out, airfares, itinerary. Yeah, like but it stuff. is very valuable. I guess that's worth highlighting um, that award was about, you know, looking at value beyond just skate skill and there's so much value there. But you are right. I am going to ask what your big goal is for 2024 even though you already kind of answered it. Do you want to answer it again? Well, I am deferred at uni at the moment, so I would love to go on and complete my degree. So I've just done the diploma and then I'm going to go into the degree, um, depending on how life works up until then. Um, I may have a very exciting opportunity coming up, which would involve a big big move for big mood and for, for me as a fam my family. Um, but that's Ooh. kind of under wraps at the moment. Uh, and then Rampapalooza has kind of taken the focus for the last two years. I don't think, I really, as you touched on, I really don't think people fully understand the amount of work that goes into Rampapalooza. So I think maybe expanding upon that might be good to slowly let the reins go. <laughs> See, cowboy theme. Um, slowly let the reins go and let people help so that I can do 
more events that are just community based and because I was doing all of that before Rampapalooza and Rampapalooza kind of took over because it really does take six to eight months to to facilitate so having more help with that and then being able to do more in the community space would be would be great I also have um a really cool meeting coming up hopefully soon with Port Phillip Council in St Kilda to facilitate some really cool event spaces there so that would be really cool and yeah I guess that's probably a yeah. Why not? If you're listening, Port Phillip Council, you've got to get behind Keith's vest. <laughs> They'll make good stuff happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's. I'm sure the councillors are all listening to our podcast too. So I'm sure they are. I'll flick it a, li- a link over to an email, <laughs> and I'll send my three minute video of how great I am. <laughs> So we actually do have one extra question, which comes from our previous guest, which was Eshna. And when Eshna was on, um, she talked a lot about how she had to like find her rhythm in skating alone because she often has no other roller skaters to skate with. So she wanted to know whether you ever skate alone and if you do, how you keep yourself motivated. Yeah, I went through a phase where all I ever did was skate alone actually because I was doing a lot of event meetup stuff so sometimes I had to really take that time to go and skate alone because I started getting to the point where because people sort of knew me as the event sociable person I would go to a group meetup and everyone would be like oh what's happening with and I'd get all these people talking oh can you teach me how to drop in my friend's here she's never dropped in and I'm like of course I can and then three hours passes and I'm like I haven't really done any skating. So I did have to really take that time to to find that rhythm. And for me, it's music. As you mentioned, I always have my speaker. Um, I can't skate with headphones in because of ADHD um, stuff. So I can't do that. So, yeah, I'm always playing my music. I'm the that asshole that rocks up to the skate park and just like, you're all going to listen to my music now. <laughs> Surprise. So that really helps. I kind of, um, we haven't touched on it, but I have a, a very strong dance background as well. So. I think figuring out how knowing the basis of a trick and figuring out how my body moves to a song within skating really helps me. I think that's why I have such fun little, I don't think they're stylish, but everyone's like, oh, yes, they're stylish when you skate. I'm like, yep, because it's the 10 tricks I have and I do it to music and make it look cool. (laughs) It is stylish. It is stylish. Come on. Don't make us tell you. All right, and to wrap it up, we'll do the little lightning round. I don't know if you've listened to our past few episodes, but in this season we're doing this, like, ten lightning round questions. Don't think much about it. Yeah, just answer as quickly as you can. Okay. All right, ready? I mean, there's a bit of everything here, okay? Beer or spirits? Beer. Oh, summer (laughs) or winter? (laughs) <laughs> I like summer because I get to skate a lot and drink beer, but I like winter because I have every excuse to Ooh. not skate. So. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Big big skate meetup or a session with just one mate? Mm, big skate meetup. I love it. Favourite meal of the day? I'm just a snacker, so I snack all day. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I you were going to say that. We snack a lot. We snack. <laughs> We do snacks. Everyone's like, what are we doing for dinner? I'm like, dinner. We just we eat snacks. <laughs> Frontside or backside? Backside, baby. Backside where it's at always. Last band you saw? Last band. I saw was Paramore. Country you most want to visit? Mm, Colombia. Your skate idol? Mm. Well, it was, it was Merm Skates who has just come back to skating, Caroline. Um, but really? It, yes. But if we want to talk like big idols, probably Skate Witch or Bowser because I like their style. Dream job? Um, I suppose I already have my dream job, but one that pays a, a good salary would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm getting into the music. So your job but paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can pay rent on time always. (laughs) I personally, my dream job is to not have a job and get paid. That's my dream job. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) 
Um, and last, it's you're stranded on a desert skate island and you can bring three things. What are they? My speaker. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's going to be skate related, right? You can bring whatever you want. Oh, speaker. I'm trying to make it fun and not like a water bottle. <laughs> um, speaker, <laughs> a, a friend, and probably my dog, to be honest. That's, June Bug. Oh, June Bug. Very clever. Yeah, you got yeah, a real cute yeah. dog. She's probably at the door, like, let me in. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the very end. Thank you so much, Keeks. That was a really fun chat. I always love chatting with people that we know. I think the conversation flows and it's really fun. So thanks for making our last episode of the year such a good one. Oh, thanks for having me. Save the best till last now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also should mention that as part of the Most Valuable Award, obviously you're interviewed on this podcast, but you'll also be in the year yearbook of Dog Days magazine. So everyone yeah. grab your Dog Days magazines and check out more about the amazing Keeks. Follow Big Mood. <laughs> I hope to see you over the summer. I don't know if it'll happen, but fingers crossed, hopefully. It's always summer when I come and see you, Sam, because you're a sunshine, <laughs> sunshine and a human. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, dolls. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Drop In Podcast is a Chuck Skates production hosted by Sugu Valbuena Sanchez and me, Samantha Trahan. This podcast is recorded and edited on Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be. The opening track features samples from Dr. Timothy Leary's 1967 song, Turn On, Tune In, Drop Out, and a 1966 interview between Merv Griffin and Dr. Leary. Thank you to our guests for dropping in to talk about all things roller skating and to you for listening. If you'd like to be notified of new episodes, follow at Chuff Skates on Instagram and subscribe to Drop In Podcast on Spotify. I paused because oh. I thought I asked the last one, Sugu. You want me to do it or you want to do it? I have no segue. <laughs> okay. I'm the segue queen. All right, I've got this one.